Hello, welcome to Tag Talk. Uh, we have a packed episode for you today. So I'm Kylie. This is Haley. Let's just get right on into it with our Forbidden Door predictions. We're only going to be predicting the tag matches because this is Tag Talk. Um, so at Forbidden Door, there are four tag team matches or multi-man matches. So let's just run down the list, Haley, and just give your prediction. Tell us why. Let's do Okay, well, the first one's easy. FTR versus United Empire versus Rapungi Vice in a winner takes all. My pick is FTR for clear reasons. I think FTR is the greatest tag team of all time. Haley, who's your pick? Obviously, FTR, I think that they're on the run of their careers right now. and I just want them to get every belt in every promotion possible. So, obviously, FTR as well. I love that. I love that we're united on something. <laughs> Always. <laughs> the ne- the next the next one is a kind of a Haley special, uh, but I'm super into it. We have Bullet Club with the Young Bucks, who are returning to the Bullet Club for one night only. So it's Young Bucks, El Phantasmo, and Hikaleo versus the Dudes with Attitudes, Sting, Darby Allen, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromu Takahashi. I'm going to go with Bullet Club on this one, mainly because, well, the Young Bucks are the AW World Tag Team Champions, and I think New Japan is really wanting to push the Bullet Club hard. If you look at the G1 lineup, it's very Bullet Club heavy. There's a lot of Bullet Club stuff going on. So I think they really want to capitalize on this Young Bucks. One night only special return. I agree. I think the Bullet Club is going to take this. I do love the callback to like Sting's stable, Dudes with Attitudes. I love that so much. And I know we talked about it last night. <laughs> we love it. Um, I was a little surprised when this match was announced. Um, Mm -hmm. I did want to see maybe like uh, the Bucks or like a Bullet Club, like G.O.D. situation or like the Bucks and the Good Brothers or something like that. But I'm not mad at this. I'm glad that L.I.J. is getting some rep. So I do think the Bullet Club is going to take it, though. All right. The next one is a little controversial. I have a lot of opinions (laughs) about it. But we have the team of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki versus the team of Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. I think Eddie Kingston and company are going to take it. Um, oh. Heading into blood and good. Yeah, heading into blood and guts. I feel like Eddie Kingston and Wheeler Yuta really need some, like, oomph. You know what I mean? And Shota Umino, I think his connection with John Moxley, I think that's something AW really wants to capitalize on and push and make the fans aware of just because they couldn't when Moxley was in New Japan originally because mm-hmm. politics. Um, also because I hate the Chris Jericho, Sam and Guevara stuff. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with uh, Jericho on this only because, and I hate saying that we know, <laughs> listen, and I hate saying that, but, um, I do think that they're going to take it for the exact opposite reason that you said. I think that baby faces are going to take blood and guts. So I think that going into it, um, they're going to have the heels win here. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. And I'm not happy about it, but I that's my prediction. <laughs> it's, you know, it's fair. I think that one could really go either way just because yeah. there's been no <laughs> this is just a chaos there's no structure to this feud yeah. at all 
I think everyone's just really out to beat the crap out of everyone else, and I'm here for it. Uh, I think it goes out. As we get Suzuki and Eddie Kingston, like, that's truly one of the only reasons I'm watching this match, so. Did you see on uh, Dynamite, I tweeted about this, Eddie Kingston, freshly shaved head, done eyebrows. He's going to look, he's going to show up. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna look pretty because I know picture. I know pictures of me and Suzuki are gonna circulate on social media for years and years and years. So I gotta look my best. I'm so ready for the chop fest. Oh, I know. I it's gonna be incredible. I'm so excited. The all right, and our last tag team match for <laughs> Forbidden Door is on the the buy in. They're still calling it a buy in. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we have Max Caster and the Gun Club, so the two little ones, uh, versus uh, Col- Colton and Austin, yeah. the, the, the Billy Juniors, the little ones. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Um, I'm pretty sure they said on Dynamite these are like the LA New Japan Dojo guys. Uh, we have Alex Coughlin, uh, DKC, Kevin Knight, and Yuya Mura. Um, I think Max Caster and the Gun Club are taking this one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you have a buy-in, like, the crowd is hype, and I feel like this is a great match to kind of start the show off with. Um, so I definitely think that Max Caster and the Gun Club are going to take this. Um, I think that the acclaimed in general is so, I'm going to say underrated. Um, yes. And so I'm just so happy that they're, getting to be a part of this um, very historic event. I'm so excited for Max Caster's rap. I oh, want to yeah. see, because we have a whole squad of like up and comers in New oh, Japan. Yeah. Like none, none of them are like big stars yet. And I know he's going to have something absolutely heinous to say mm-hmm. to them. Oh, I'm cool. so excited. <laughs> I love Max Caster. I, that might be match of the night. I don't know. <laughs> That's bold, but like, <laughs> you know, we have to watch the show and see it. Maybe, like, <laughs> well, you you know what? That's my bold prediction. That's my bold prediction for Forbidden Door. I'm, I'm putting it down right here. It's the match Max Caster's match of the night, including the the four way with like all the big stars. Match of the night is Max Caster. <laughs> you can't top a good rap. You know, it's just it just is what it is. So, sticking with New Japan, um, we have the New Japan Strong 8-team tag team tournament bracket announced. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Because, to me, uh, looking at the bracket, it feels a little bit disjointed. And that none of, I don't think there's any sort of... uh, rationale behind where teams are in the bracket why they're there it just seems like who can we get to stick into this thing and that's it well i want to start by saying i'm excited that they're finally introducing Mm -hmm. um strong tag titles and giving kind of the division some air to breathe and give some of these guys some other things to do um but i do agree i wish that there would have been a little bit more at stake for this, like more teams, maybe like a broader um, field. I uh, kind of want some more like New Japan people um, Mm -hmm. involved in this. I feel like, I mean, we are getting it, but it's just, it's not enough 
for, for me personally. Yeah, there are some, um, I would say, like recognizable names in the tournament. Uh, Dark Order, Ozzy Open, The Factory are, you know, notable ones. Um, I think New Japan is doing its best to make New Japan strong, something that, you know, Western fans, North American fans should want to watch. I think New Japan is really, after the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, they're refocusing their efforts on the Western expansion, which is what made, you know, AEW. I just, this tag team tournament doesn't highlight the best of New Japan tag team wrestling. Uh, Not that I expect, you know, big Japanese stars in this tournament because it's New Japan strong. It's primarily, you know, Western people. But I think they could have done a little bit more to make this worthwhile for fans. And I think with guys like Carl Fredericks, um, you know, he was really carrying New Japan strong for a long time through uh, the pandemic and up until now. Um, But I agree with you. Um, It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I it's there. Them, I don't know. Like, and well, and I, I gotta be, you know, fair. There's no one in this tournament that I feel like they don't deserve to be there. I think all these people oh, in the tournament, sure. I think they're, I think they're all great, great wrestlers. Um, I just think there could have been more organization behind yeah. the tournament and a little more incentive to get people to watch. Um, but I'm excited to see Dark Order in there. Uh, yeah. Because I Dark mean, Order so- in... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Dark Order in AW uh, has been, you know, a staple of the promotion, but they haven't really done anything major, I would say. There's been, like, some members have got, you know, TNT title shots, tag title shots, so on. But they haven't really been featured as, like, the guys. So I'm excited to see Dark Order do stuff in other promotions. I would like to see them continue to do that maybe in ROH moving forward. Um, I did want to say that the um, opening bouts and the semifinals already took place. So, like, those results are lingering around on the internet. We're not going to talk about that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did happen. Um, I As for the Dark Order, I agree I feel like, as lately, not that I view them as, like, a joke or, like, a, you know, like an act or anything, but I just feel like maybe they're a little less serious. Maybe they're losing a little bit of footing. Um, So I I do like that they're kind of going out to other promotions and doing that, like you said. And I believe it's um, Alan Angels and Evil Uno. It is, yeah. Which, Evil Uno, I'm glad to see him doing something with tag team wrestling with the news that Stu Grayson is out of AW. They couldn't come to terms on the deal. Uh, I think Evil Uno is a phenomenal tag team wrestler, and I really was upset because I didn't want to – not that I don't think he deserves singles opportunities, but I think, you know, the more tag team guys we have in the tag team wrestling scene, the better off it is, and he's definitely – in my opinion, one of the best veterans there. So I'm glad to see him sticking with tag team wrestling, especially with someone as young as Alan Angels. I think there's a lot that that Alan Angels can learn from someone like Evil Uno. So we'll see. My overall thoughts on the tournament, watch and watch it. We'll just see. You know, it's so hard to make um, a judgment on the tournament now, considering New Japan Strong 
I don't know. It's just kind of been floating. Like there's not anything really for me to grab onto. And maybe I'm judging this tournament too harshly before it's happened. And maybe it'll be fantastic. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like with teams like Aussie open as well, like they're on a hot streak. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, when they combine for United empire or they branch off and just do the Aussie open stuff. Um, I'm excited to see where it leads. There's some really interesting matchups and stuff that we could get out of this. So, we'll see. Yeah, speaking of another interesting matchup, we love a segue here. Um, it was recently announced that the Rock and Roll Express, who, if you don't know, has been on like a farewell tour, touring the Indies, doing great things, is going to be in GCW wrestling their final match at the Evansville Coliseum against the Rejects. So what are your thoughts overall on, like, the farewell tour? And what are your thoughts on this matchup? Because, boy, it's weird. (laughs) First of all, I love that they're doing this farewell tour. I feel like they've gotten some really interesting matches out of it so far, especially their match with FTR. Um, Really enjoyed that. Um, As for the match itself, um, I do do love the rejects. I'm just a little nervous. <laughs> um, okay. No, I don't want anybody to die in this match. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Benny, please be gentle. Like, <laughs> please. <laughs> that, it, I think that goes without saying, honestly. But I've been really surprised. Like, you would expect them to be sort of, like, fragile and, you know. Oh, they can hold their own. I'm just, hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, why is this, why is this a, yeah, I'm like, why is this a farewell tour? Like, just make a comeback, dude. Go to AW, get in the tag division, throw, throw it down with Proud and Powerful. They'd be great. Well, I believe Ricky said while they're retiring as a tag team, like, he still wants to go out and, like, do stuff, like, as a singles competitor. Um, so that, listen, I'm all for it. If you can go, go. Like, <laughs> You know, why honestly, not? honestly, it's an the sort of pairing of GCW and Rock and Roll Express. Like, it's so it weird, but like, but like, it works so well yeah. because I think the fan base is the same. <laughs> I'm so, it's so weird. It's so weird. And people saw, who saw this announcement were probably like, "That doesn't work," but like, it does. GCW can take anything weird and make it work. And this is definitely weird. And it's definitely going to work. I'm so excited. excited. I love the I Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I think the match is going to be excellent. Of course, it's not going to go super long. But, like, what they're going to get in their time is going to be incredible. The rejects are great. Of course, Rock and Roll is great. GCW is great. I love a good tag team bizarre dream match. I'm here for it. (laughs) So, moving on in bizarre stuff. Uh, Haley, I know you had strong thoughts on this. I was kind of ambivalent. But, so, Slammiversary happened, if you didn't know. And we have, it was, this was an okay match, in my opinion. Good Brothers versus the Briscoes. I thought it was okay. Um, I don't think it met my expectations personally because I have such a high standard for both these teams. Um, but yeah, the Good Brothers won. Um, my And I sent Haley, like, my outline for the show, and this segment is entitled Slammiversary Review. 
why the good brothers and so Haley, why the good brothers <laughs> so listen and i want to say i thought the match was good um obviously yeah. both of these teams can wrestle obviously they can go especially the briscoes they bring violence and chaos in every single match um i i'm just uh, with the good brothers contracts i believe uh, it's still up in the air with Impact, right? Or no? Did they resign or no? Do we know that? I, I haven't heard that, no. So they're still up in the air. <laughs> Probably. Um, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but with that, and then just, like, the Briscoes' future just, like, hanging in the wind. Like, we don't know. Are they going to be able to go to AEW? Are they going to be able to go to Ring of Honor? I'm very confused about the future. <laughs> What is uh, happening? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> I... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. Go ahead. I... It's not that I'm against the Good Brothers yeah. being an Impact. I think the Good Brothers fit an Impact. Uh, my sister and I like to joke that Impact is for the rednecks and I'm a redneck and I love to see the good brothers there. My issue with it is it's like, we always come back to the good brothers and impact. This is their third ring, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I can't help but feel that impact isn't developing its tag team division in the way it should be. Like they just go back to the good brothers and there's a lot of good tag teams in Impact. There's a lot of good tag teams on the indies that could really benefit from bookings with Impact. So I just I just can't enjoy this as much as I probably normally would just because it feels like a cop-out. Well, and for me, too, I feel like while I think that the Good Brothers are a good tag team, I feel like the act is getting a little bit stale. It's so repetitive. Yeah. <clears throat> and like you said, like, there's so much talent that you could develop in that division um, and put up against a team, an iconic team like the Briscoes, and have them go <laughs> over. Like, I just, I don't know. And I get, like, maybe they just, because all titles changed hands, right? That, or most of them? Most of them, um, yeah. But I just feel like this is maybe one that just should not have. <laughs> I agree. Like, if if you were going to keep one title on any team or anybody, it should have been the Briscoe. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also probably worth mentioning that Carl Anderson is the never openweight champion in New Japan as a singles guy. Um, And, of course, Carl Anderson, like, the mythic lore of Carl Anderson in New Japan as a singles guy and his G1 match and all this stuff. Um, I just don't know where the good brothers stand i don't know where impact stands with new japan uh i don't know i just i don't know there's just something very weird about this situation where i feel like impact should have refrained from putting the belts on the good brothers until there's a better uh understanding of where new japan's going with carl anderson after forbidden door and where impact can go with him the briscoes are just safer and i think the briscoes are a lot hotter right now than the good brothers I was going to ask you, <clears throat> because Carl Anderson did that uh, uh, presser a couple weeks ago. It was like two weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. um, where he was kind of talking about Impact or like made a dig at Impact and said that like 
he, um, like, turns it up in situations like this, and why would he turn, like, it up in a room full of, like, a hundred people or whatever, obviously referencing impact, so I'm just wondering if, like, the timing is a little sus, like... It, it is! Like, um... And I... Impact, of course, is doing good things, and I won't... Yeah, not making Impact at all, no. Yeah, um, and they just got out of this Impact Originals versus ROH, like, invasion angle. Uh, I just... The Good Brothers fit in Impact. I really do think they do, but I don't think they're necessarily in a place to be the faces of the tag team division. Uh, And Carl Anderson, you know, doing single stuff in New Japan... Uh, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on in Carl Anderson's mind, but it always has seemed like throughout his career, even in WWE, that he wanted another singles run um, because of the G1 and him getting over as a singles guy. And I just don't know how Impact is going to compete with the, you know, the allure of New Japan, especially going into, you know, the G1 and after the G1 when New Japan is kind of shaken up a little bit. Um, I would hate to see the tag team belts be taken off air because the good brothers are off doing other things or, you know, the good brothers maybe don't want to do as many impact bookings or whatever the case may be. I just, and maybe this will turn out okay. And we're being dramatic, um, but coming up a slam anniversary, my hope for the impact tag team division is like, which sucks to say, because normally impact is like so ahead of the curve in yeah like every single way um and so i'm just a little i'm a little bummed but who knows what they have planned hopefully you know yeah i i you know of course um the briscoes they're legends i would like to see them continue on in impact but i would also like to see them take bookings in ring of honor or AEW if that ever happens it's just hard to see impact fall into this trap of booking like these crossover stars when impact in all their partnerships and you know people argue about this on the internet all the time but it's the truth in all their partnerships impact is definitely the lower player uh, i don't know i just feel like new japan and impact there's just that, that relationship does not work for tag team wrestling at least right now And I'm kind of disappointed in Impact for making that decision. Otherwise, the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match was great. Um, I was a little surprised with the result. Of course, it was uh, Influence versus Taya and uh, Rosemary. I was a little surprised that Taya and Rosemary won. The match was great, of course, because all these women are great. Um, uh, But I'm more interested in this tag division than the men's. A hundred percent. The Knockouts okay. division is one of the leading divisions in all of wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I feel like they normally never steer me wrong. So, I'll just stick with that. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm a big Mexican wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Triple Mania happened. And mm-hmm. Ty Valkyrie, of course, she's big, big in AAA. Yep. Uh, she called out Thunder Rosa. So, mm-hmm. she's doing single stuff. But I feel I feel safer with her <laughs> as a tag team champion and impact. More safe with her 
doing that and doing her single stuff than I feel with Carl Anderson and the Good Brothers doing mm -hmm. tag and single stuff in New Japan. I don't know what the what the difference is, but I think it's just the quality of the booking and the divisions. Like mm -hmm. I have no confidence in the men's tag team division at Impact, but the women they could do whatever, and I'd be like, yeah. you know what, it's gonna work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely a weird situation impact have found them in like normally it's the women who get you know bad booking and less time but now mm -hmm. it's like my the women are carrying impact with the exception of the x division but this is a tag team wrestling show but you know mike bailey love him anyway <laughs> love that man uh i don't know i'm really just excited to see where rosemary and ty valkyrie take this yeah so that wraps up our news prediction review section of the show. So we asked you all on Twitter to send us your burning questions and we would pick a few and we would answer them on the show. So we've done that. Um, in the future, we're probably going to do this again. So follow us both on Twitter so you can see when we ask for questions, you can send us your question and we might answer them on the air. So first and foremost, Haley, are you ready to answer questions? I'm so ready. Okay, so our first question comes from Doc. He says, curious to know if you think Trio's title should have been introduced before the All-Atlantic title. Doc is my uh, pretend dad on Twitter. That's our relationship. He's, <laughs> he's, adopted me. he's adopted me and protects me from weirdos on the internet. Um, and he's, you know, just a good friend of the show. So I would say I do think Trio's title should have been introduced before the All-Atlantic title. Just be, there's, they say they're waiting for Kenny Omega. They're waiting for Kenny Omega, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's bestie. It's been months. And you have the pieces in place for a trios division. And now all you have all these trios, like the House of Black and Death Triangle, who are just sitting, feuding with each other for, like, no reason. And we're just waiting for trios titles. And we're waiting for Kenny Omega. Why? So I also think that they should have been introduced first. Um, I feel like a lot of these, they're introducing a lot of these trios right now, which is great. But like you said, they're feuding with themselves <laughs> or within, you know, so yeah, within the, the trios division, <laughs> but like, and for what, like, what are we getting out of this? Nothing like the Julia Nothing. thing was drug out for way too long. Um, and I just feel like a lot of these teams, like, because this is going on, and there's no, like, they're not, like, reaping any benefits from it, really. Like, it's just, it's stale. And it's getting tired really yeah. fast. And I just, I feel, <laughs> I'm just tired of it, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, planning the titles with the intent that you would wait for Kenny Omega to come back, that's fine. But when it became clear that Kenny Omega wasn't going to be back when AW thought he was going to be back and that he was going to take more time, they should have just gone ahead with it. And then when he comes back, he can then challenge for the titles. Exactly. Like, I, start setting feuds up now. <laughs> yeah. Because, and I mean, he's inevitably going to come back, like, sooner rather than later. So the sooner you get some of these stories going, the ball rolling, like, come on. Yeah. And now, you know, you have Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr., who are now... Um, on Dark, they're now with the Andersons. They're with Brock Anderson and Arn Anderson. So there's another trio that they've set up that is just going to sit there and do nothing for, you know, the longest time. 
And I just don't think that's good for any of these talent, especially the House of Black, who are insanely over. The way every single crowd goes nuts for that entrance is, it's just crazy to me that they're still feuding with Death Triangle. And we've done nothing with either of these teams who are full of just fantastic talent. And we're just waiting for Kenny Omega. And I love Kenny Omega. Don't get me wrong. I'm Kenny Omega's number one fan. I owe that man my life. But he doesn't, we don't need to wait for him anymore. Like, he's not going to be here on time for this to be reasonable. And we're approaching territory where it's like, I don't care that much anymore. Yeah. Um, it's definitely being beat to death. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and this is, I've, my final thought on this, it's a problem that AW has a lot where something is probably an inevitability. Inevitability inevitability yeah. you're right it's not a word anyway anyways we're some something is inevitable and we all just like wait around for it to happen and like they drag it out so long that's like oh like thunder rosa winning the women's title it was like okay julia hart okay so i think aw needs to figure out a way to stop falling into this trap i agree okay our next question comes from my other co-host kyle he says What's the earliest tag match that either of you have concrete memories of? Um, mine is a bit weird. Uh, I sat mine and I thought about this for weird. a long time. I, thought, I sat, well, I have two, okay? I sat and I thought about this for a long time. Um, my first one is from TNA because if you don't know, when I was a child, I watched a lot of TNA and a lot of Ring of Honor and not so much WWE uh, for most of the early 2000s. Um, so... I don't have a lot of memories of this match, but it's I remember watching this match and I remember parts of it. Uh, it was at TNA Turning Point 2004. Uh, it was like a whoever loses has to break up sort of stipulation. Mm-hmm. It was in a cage. It was America's Most Wanted, which was Chris Harris and James Storm um, versus Triple X, which was Christopher Daniels and Primetime. Um, I, <laughs> such a weird, you know, first tag team <laughs> match memory. Um, But my second one is also weird. I have no idea when this match happened. I didn't look it up before the show, and I probably should have. Um, But (laughs) this match, I remember watching. It was like a random SmackDown, I think. Uh, And it was Kelly Kelly teaming with Edge versus Lake and Dolph Ziggler. Like, the world champion. What was that? (laughs) Not us having the same exact match. Oh my god, I what was that? First of all, let's get that out there. Why is Kelly Kelly the only woman in WWE who's defended the World Heavyweight Championship? Listen, as she should though. Like she was the first and the only. And you know what? Period. <laughs> I love Kelly Kelly. The irreplaceable Kelly Kelly. They've been trying to replace that woman for years, and you it cannot be done. It's not possible. Sorry. Can't do it. But There's only one Kelly Kelly. Oh, I can't believe this match i was like i feel like this is so obscure like there's no way that she would also have this and then when you said random my brain. Out, I was like, oh no <laughs> and i remember i remember the just the finish when kelly kelly won yes. and you know edge was like so grateful that she had defended his title and i remember like being very emotional about that as a child wow when she started crying and i believe she said in an interview don't quote me on this but i think she said that she had Lay Cool like 
she told them to like beat her up like bad so that she would cry when uh she when uh, vicky fired her like she wanted to cry and you know what give her an oscar like oscar worthy performance we love kelly kelly uh, Kelly Kelly, uh, if you have any thoughts on that match um, and you're seeing this, feel free to share them. I would love to talk about it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we should get her okay. on I'm going to contact her people. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get her on the show. And we're going to talk about that match. We're going to do a, a watch along. Uh, if you want to be part of helping me get Kelly Kelly on the show, uh, follow clip me on Twitter. I'll post tag her. Yes. Clip this. Um, yes. Get her on the show. So... Moving along before we get in trouble, our third question comes from Tony. Do you think AEW is going to add women's tag titles? Uh, Yes. And my reason for that is I think women's tag titles are now um, so common. It's basically a requirement of a women's division. Uh, Everyone has them in North America. You know, NWA has them. Impact has them. uh, WWE has them. I think AEW would be remiss not to introduce them at some point and like you like tony said it does seem like they're setting up tag teams um what when these belts are coming i don't know but if you think back to the beginning of aw's history they did do a women's tag team tournament it was for like some medals it like it wasn't for the titles um but clearly there's like a historic basis for it i feel like at the time they did that though there was a lot of, like, hate and backlash on the internet for what I don't know, but just doing the tournament in general. So I feel like maybe that's – they're a little apprehensive to run it back. But, you know, yeah. I, I do think that they're coming with the way that the titles are all set up right now. I, I, I'm i not sure when or, like, the time frame that they could be introduced. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe once – you know, ROH gets back on TV and those titles kind of transition back over and we get them out of um, AEW, maybe we'll start to see some movement in the women's tag division. Yeah. Um, my concern is the roster, the women's roster is still quite small. They've made a few signings recently, um, but it's still a small division. And I don't know how you could do, you know, the world title, the TBS title and the tag titles with such a small division. Uh, Unless Tony Khan starts hiring more women, which I'm here for. I think there's so much space in this division for talent. Uh, and like I said on Twitter uh, last night, we're filming this the thurs- Thursday before Forbidden Door, by the way. Um, because I'm going to Forbidden Door. If you see me, come say hi. Um, but last night on Dynamite, I was like, there's no real excuse not to move the women's division forward now. Um uh, Simply because people have been saying for years, like, oh, but everyone in the women's division is so green. Like, they're so, like, inexperienced. Well, if that was an excuse, it's not anymore. Because everyone is, like, has progressed so far from Jade to Julia Hart to Britt Baker to all these people. So it's, like, it's not an excuse anymore. And I think Tony Khan has been relying on that for too long. And I do think the women's division is slowly but surely advancing uh so i'd like to see women's tag titles somewhere in the next two years i think that's reasonable two years and i don't even necessarily agree that like the their two green argument is even valid because 
all wrestlers have to start somewhere. So they're all green at some point just because you're yeah. seeing them on TV. So what? Like, they need to get the experience. And, you know, why not? I, you know what? I agree. Women's tag titles should be coming soon. Whether that's ever going to happen, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Tony, what are you doing? So we have one, I think we have time for one more question. This comes from our other good friend of the show, Jackie Rodriguez. What do you think of the concept of two singles guys holding tag belts? I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself because I'm really curious what Haley's going to say about this. I was hoping that you would go first because I feel like... Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I have um, a little bit of a rant. Um, so Jackie, in her question, used the example of Kenny and Hangman, which is a fair example. They are two singles guys. But I think there's a difference between two stable mates being tag champs and two rando singles guys being tag champs. I think... For a long time, um, especially, you know, in like North American wrestling, Western wrestling, whatever you want to call it, I think people have been, have been conditioned to see tag team belts as like a storytelling device for singles feuds. And it happens all the time and it can be done well, but I think that it always, without a doubt, harms the tag team division. Um, and I don't think Kenny and Hangman are necessarily an example of that because Kenny and Hangman were stable mates you know there's a lot of history there for all you know intents and purposes they were tag team partners they were i don't think that it's the same thing as like if kenny and i don't know will or yuda became tag team champs <laughs> together that's, that's so right he's, 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 he's the first one i thought of i love he was that always on my brain i love that um and then you know some people bring up brian danielson and john moxley but then again that's not the same because brian danielson and john moxley had their little feud and then they decided we're both really, really, really good. We're going to team up. And we're now we're a tag team. Like they're, they fully moved on from their singles feud. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with singles guys holding the tag team titles, unless it's in a situation where it's like they're committed to the tag team, not where it's like, can they coexist? Yeah. Like we're, we're at a point in 2022 where we're past that. That's my little rant. Haley, do you agree with me or not? Am I, I, do, I do agree. No. <laughs> and I figured that we would agree on this. Um, yeah. But I also think that it does tarnish um, the tag divisions, especially because I don't necessarily think that they should be entirely different. But I think, like you said, when you're having these single guys feud, when you have incredible tag teams in your divisions that are underutilized or just point blank not on TV or whatever at all. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of a slap in the face, um, especially because there are so many, like, singles titles out there, um, you know? Especially in AW, my goodness. Oh, my God. It's like everyone's a single champion in that company. It's like crazy. 20 titles. <laughs> like... And it's weird to me, because you remember when AW first started, where they were like, we want the belts to mean something. We're going to have a men's belt, a tag belt, yeah. and a women's belt, and that's it. Well, now, all of a sudden, everyone's a champion. And it, it reminds me of, like, when... <laughs> this is going to sound bad. But when, like, a sport... Like, a kid's sports team or something, when, like, everybody gets a partici participation medal, yeah. and then you're, like, see... Like, you know, like, everybody gets a participation medal, like, you participated, whatever, but, like, 
and like you try to teach them that like that's okay and like not everybody has to be a winner but like why do we need so many titles do you get where i'm going with this <laughs> yeah i think i think aw really and i don't want to say that they always struggle with this but i think sometimes they struggle to make stakes like make matches feel important without a title um the exception of course is like anarchy in the arena blood and guts like these big you know gimmick matches that they don't do often of course that has stakes but like with their like mid-card feuds it's like there's they always want to have a title in there and unfortunately it's the tnt title that's mixed up in there you know that's tnt title has always been like my favorite title in aw and now it's kind of lost yeah now it's kind of lost in the shuffle um and it's the same thing in the women's division. Like, AW really struggles to make feuds that aren't centered on a title. And you could say the same thing about WWE. Like, they're, it's so hard for them to have a meaningful feud that doesn't involve a title. Uh, a lot of their feuds that don't involve titles are just silly. Like, they don't make a whole lot of sense. And it's kind of pointless. And no one comes out better. And, you know, you can't say that AW isn't the same. And so, I don't know. I just feel like in terms of single guys crossing into the tag team division, if they're going to bring something to the division, that's fine. But if they're going to take something away from it, like they're going to hold the belt hostage to the detriment of the division, or they're going to like tarnish the reputation of the belts, I don't want that. So I think in general, singles guys and tag team, you know, becoming tag team champions is okay. But you like, it's case by case basis here. Like, we can't generalize. I agree. So. I love this little segment. I know. I love the Q&A segment. Um, Like I said, you know, follow us on Twitter and send us your questions. I can't always promise that we'll answer them because we got a lot of questions and we tried to pick ones that we thought were most relevant. Um, but if you have any questions about tag team wrestling, wrestlers, our thoughts on tag team wrestling, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitters are down there. Um, and just let us know what you think. I also run a lot of polls over on my Twitter. I'm collecting so much data about you guys. I'm Google at this point. <laughs> my goal was to learn as much as I could about the tag talk audience. And I'm learning a lot, um, especially the fact that you guys hate the Young Bucks. Yeah, you guys are very pro FTR, and I'm a little sad about it. So I read, well, Haley, I read one poll that was like, who's the most overrated tag team in AW? And I had like the Young Bucks, um, FTR, like just, you know, the big players. And it was overwhelmingly the Young Bucks. And then I ran another one that was like, who's the, what tag team best represents tag team wrestling in 2022? And it was overwhelmingly FTR and like a few Young Bucks. Uh, somehow, Gorillas of Destiny got more votes than the Usos. I guess like we should talk about that next week as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll talk about that next week because the Usos are going to be at Money in the Bank, and so we'll make that part of our little Money in the Bank episode. Um, but yeah, if you want to participate in my polls, follow us on Twitter. Uh, make your voice heard. Like we said, we want this to be as interactive as possible, um, and we do still have some questions from our last time that we could pull up maybe next week or in the future. So if your question isn't answered the week that you give it, I have it. Promise me. I promise you. I made it. She has it. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm looking at them right now. So, (laughs) so we have them. Uh, We'll just pull them up 
at random. Uh, so that's all we have for you guys this week. Um, I'll go do, I'll do my plugs. Follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. See me on tag talk, fightful overbooked every Sunday at five, um, on the body slam.net YouTube channel. Uh, I have a show called code of honor podcast with my co-host Kyle. We answer one of his questions today, uh, where we talk everything ring of honor, which is going to be a lot of fun. Now that ring of honor and TV looks like it's actually still going to happen. And we have so much going on. Um, Kyle is a great wrestling historian and we've done so many history episodes with Kyle and Carrie Silken where I just sit there and listen. So if you're into that, go to body slam YouTube channel. You can find those there. Uh, Otherwise just follow me on Twitter and you'll see wherever I'm popping up, what I'm doing. So on and so forth. Haley, your turn. You know, my plugs are the same as always. You guys can follow me on Twitter. It's over there. Um, We are working on some great stuff. Thank you. We're working on some great stuff for this show, um, and I'm just excited for you guys to see all of that. And this week, because you guys know, last week I plugged um, my friends over at Your Dose of Death, so this week I'm going to plug my friend Tony D, DJ underscore Tony underscore D on Twitter. He's a wrestling photographer, videographer. He's fantastic. He just, a couple of days ago, released a mini documentary on Nick Wayne. Um, and I just want you guys to go check that out and give him some love. He goes to a lot of wrestling shows and makes incredible music videos. Um, he's just a great guy. So go support. And that's my plugs. So follow Fightful Overbooked. Like this video. Comment below. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let us know your answers to the questions that our viewers mm-hmm. asked. I'm really curious uh, what you guys think about women's tag bells, trios, all these things. Um, I'm, and also tell us what you think about the good brothers, because are we in the minority on this? I feel like we're in the minority on this guys. I don't know. I I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter. I don't know. Well, comment below. Um, that's all we have for you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Our post forbidden door episode. Yes. Um, Oh, and like I, like I said, I'll be at forbidden door. I'll be uh, there all weekend. If you see me, come say hi. I would love to see you guys. I saw so many of you at Double or Nothing. So come say hi. I'm very approachable. She is. And so. <laughs> that was so awkward. All right. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say something because you said. Oh, um. No, I was just going to say like, happy Forbidden Door weekend. Enjoy your rest of the weekend. You know, that's all I was going to say. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>